Hi, and welcome to yet another episode of Shift Podcast, where we talk about getting out of our comfort zones and really getting over our own BS to reach our potential and do some amazing things. Uh, my name is Elena Agargimova. I'm your host for this. Today, I'm actually really excited to talk to somebody who knows a lot about getting out of a comfort zone, Saad Ansari, who is a serial entrepreneur. Um, his most recent venture is Expense, where he's founded this platform for banking for entrepreneurs. So essentially, it's the first banking alternative designed for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. And I'm sure he'll tell us a little bit more about it but uh, Saad, welcome. Hey, Elena, thank you so much for having me. It's really um, a, a pleasure and honor to be on your uh, podcast. Thank you. You know, Saad, I've always, you know, we've known each other for, for a few years now, and I've always looked up to you in, in, in a sense of you have so much resilience and stamina for the world of entrepreneurship. Being being a newbie in this world, just for me, like just a, a couple of years, but you have such a such a history of just, starting things and really going after things. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, what, how did you get the entrepreneurship bug, like even prior to expense, which we'll get into, but what was it that inspired you to say, you know what, I don't really want to do the corporate world. I'm just going to do the, my thing. Um, well, that's uh, um, where to begin. I think, um, Elena, the, the, I never really had a plan. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So, um, you know, when I was at school, I pursued what I enjoyed rather than doing things um, as a means to an end. So um, I had, um, I, you know, I, I've had a few really good teachers in my life that I've, um, that even to this day, almost 25 years later, I can still remember them. I still remember their classes and conversations with them. Um, I had um, um, a brilliant physics teacher, two really brilliant physics teachers and a really great mathematics teacher at school. And the way that they taught us and um, um, the way that they conducted themselves in the class. It was just curiosity. I just continued. I loved the subjects. Um, my housemaster, I went to boarding school in England. Um, my house, not only was he my housemaster, but he was also my physics teacher. Um, um, my form tutor was also a physics teacher. So um, they um, created this curiosity. Um, and and until today, it's, uh, I'm very passionate about physics. And when I was, um, so if you know how the English school system works, when you're in the sixth form, when you're doing your A-levels, you start applying for universities, you do the UCAS forms, and you fill in the um, um, subjects you want to go and study and which universities you want to go to and things. And, you know, I wanted to, I thought, you know, I want to become a banker. I want to make lots of money and stuff. And I filled out my UCAS form, submitted it and started to get, you know, responses back from the universities, acceptance, declines, etc. And I remember having a chat with my housemaster over Christmas. And he said, what are you doing? Why do you want to become a banker? It's such a bore, you know, why, you know, it's so boring. Um, and, and he said that, you know, you're going to spend three, four years at university studying this subject. Why don't you do something you're passionate about? You need to spend, um, you, need to spend uh, you know, these next four years 
it's uh, not not just about trying to learn something because you want a job. And then and then he actually showed me stats that where most of the people going into investment banking had mathematics backgrounds, physics backgrounds. And I think at that time there were two physicists um, who had created some algorithm that was all the talk in in London in the city at the time. And so. I, I ended up, I think I was the first student in my school that actually had their UCAS form uh, recanted and resent a new UCAS form. It, it's, it's hardly ever done. And then I applied to do physics. And my housemaster was a, um, um, had read physics at Manchester. He contacted his department head. Uh, or his former tutor, who was the department head of physics at Manchester, said, look, one of my, you know, one of my students wants to come and do physics. And so I ended up doing a subject that I was very, very passionate about with no idea what I'm going to do. Right. So all my friends are saying, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I had absolutely no idea. And um, in my final year, I'd never taken any modules outside of uh, the physics, the school of physics. So everything was, you know, any optional extras were all within the, within the school of physics. And in the last, in the last year, in the last semester, one of my friends said, look, you know, in order to bump up your grade, let's go and find the easiest subject to do and, and do that option, even if it's outside of the school. So Manchester had, started what they called the Manchester Enterprise Center. And it was um, a mass, so they had set up a, a master's in entrepreneurship for science and or STEM-based uh, uh, graduates to set up businesses through the Manchester Incubation Center. It was a way for um, um, scientists not to get ripped off by large firms so that they could actually set up their own things so the university could incubate businesses. So we went on one of their like 101 entrepreneurship courses and I just loved it. I just thought it was incredible. And then um, I applied to do a master's. So I was at the final year of my, my bachelor's and um, I had about a four-month break between um, the bachelor's and beginning the masters and I was sitting around in Manchester doing absolutely nothing and so I said okay you know what I'll go back to Saudi Arabia and when I was in Saudi I got a part-time or uh, a summer job teaching English and we just uh, at one point we thought hey you know what this is a really good business idea let's do this let's go and this is corporate training this wasn't sort of teaching kids English this was teaching um, um, corporate uh, employees, and we decided to set up a rival uh, training company. And um, uh, when I mean we, it was my older brother. And um, I wrote back to the admissions tutor at uh, the Enterprise Center, said, hey, look, I've got this opportunity. Can you defer my entry for a year? Just in, if this thing, uh, you know, I just want to try this out. And obviously, because it's entrepreneurship and they um, were supporting that, um, um, so I, and I never ended up going back. Um, <laughs> and I just kind of went from there. I think before that, I, I, I'd done little things like, I, and like, um, at boarding school, there's a lot of contraband. So we would sell, uh, I'm not talking about drugs and things, but I'm talking <laughs> about cigarettes. I'm talking about, you know, we used to, at the time, the pound against the Saudi real, things were so much cheaper in Saudi Arabia. So 
you know, we, I would be flogging like designer t-shirts and, <laughs> and things like that. So, but that's more like your little trading stuff. But, you know, you, I, I still think you need a, a kind of an, you still need an entrepreneurial street to do that. You, yeah. you're, you're looking at the supply and demand and um, I can get it cheaper here. And um, cigarettes used to always be the best. I think we'd buy like a carton of cigarettes for 30 reals at the time when one pack within that cigarette was selling for five pounds. Uh, I'll probably, I, mean, I think I, I hope that the statute of limitations is over. That was about 25 <laughs> years ago. But yeah, I mean, there was there was there was little stuff like that. But but that um, um, the, the training company we set up actually was the first proper venture that taught me so much. And look, I had no idea what a balance sheet was, what a business plan was, anything like this. All we did was we did a back of the napkin calculation. We said, hey, there are this many employees in the class. This is what it costs. This is how much a teacher costs uh, uh, to get, a, uh, sorry, the wages for, for a teacher, the materials. Hey, you know what? We're making a profit. And if we multiply this by X number of classes, uh, you know, at one point we became one of the biggest training companies in Saudi Arabia. Um, we were putting through over a thousand sponsored employees through our training company at any one time. Um, we worked with Saudi Aramco. I think to date, that is probably, um, I, 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 I can remember when Saudi Aramco issued their first million dollar purchase order to us. Um, it was at the time when we still had BlackBerry Messenger. There was no WhatsApp and I you know, was messaging my parents to say, oh, you know, I, you know it was like the, I mean, it was the, to, if you're a Saudi business to get a contract from Saudi Aramco, it is like the, mm -hmm. I don't know, it, it would be the same as if you were in England and you got a warrant for the queen for your business. I mean, that is what Saudi Aramco right. was for us. And look at arguably the largest company in the world. If you're doing business for them, then you must be doing something right. Absolutely. Um, we went from there. We worked with the Ministry of Defense. We worked with the Royal Saudi Air Force, um, the Navy. Um, we, we did a lot of awesome stuff. We did a lot of first to markets in, in the kingdom. Um, and, and so my journey just started there. And, and I haven't really looked back. And I think each, each of these experiences taught me a lot. And, I, and I'm trying not to repeat them in my current venture. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what I love? Uh, I mean, you, you said so many, so many interesting things, but one of the things that, that I think an audience would be interested to, to kind of take away is the fact that you didn't know, like you, you didn't know what you wanted to do. And I think there's so much pressure these days that, you know, for either, whenever, if you're just a student studying or if you're trying to start a business that you have to have it figured out. And I think it's ridiculous. And sometimes you don't know. And by being curious, this is how you actually you know, open up doors and this is how you start having conversations. And you know me and I'm always like huge on conversations. I'm like, if you don't know, go talk to people. Like just talk to somebody, <laughs> you know, sure. we don't know what we don't know. Like, and I mean, I had the same similar story where I just, I just, I had no idea what I was doing, you know, and then in college they would ask you like, well, what do you want to be? I'm like, I have no idea what I'm having for dinner tonight. You want me to figure out my whole life right now and choose a major and all that? So it's, it's, uh, it's, we could do better, I think, as a society, just letting people be okay with not having a plan, like no need for a plan, but be curious. And that's exactly sure. what you've done is just, you just, your curiosity took you that way and just, you know, looking for opportunities that might be interesting to you. And I think that's important. I think we often go for things that are just not, 
you know, we just go yeah. for them because we feel like we should or because somebody's pushing us towards that, but it's not really where our heart's at. Of course, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. So, uh, so you've, you've kind of, so you mentioned this actually, so there's a lot of things that you've learned and you try not to make the same mistake. So if anybody's listening who is, you know, going into entrepreneurship, what are, what are the, I don't know, three biggest lessons you've learned, you would say, in this last, you know, few years or many, it's, it's been many years, but. Oh, I think, I think, uh, um, Elena, there've been hundreds of lessons and to, it's kind of hard to try to pick out, um, um, the three, I think maybe if I look at where I am right now and the situation that I'm in today, uh, so business plans, right? So traditionally, we've always been told, write a business plan and you write this like 90 page document and it's, <laughs> you're going to plan out everything and this is what we're going to do. So I did exactly that. Uh, uh, when did I start that business? 2005. So 16 years ago, I did that. I sat down and I wrote out a business plan and did everything. And I would go and walk around with this business plan and try to find investors. Um, um, I wouldn't recommend that to anyone today. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, would, I would say experiment. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear or not, but I would just experiment the heck out of, um, out of it, right? Um, um, there, there are, uh, the, a plan is great. I think a vision and, and a vague notion, it's like, uh, I don't know, if you're going to drive uh, from the East Coast to the West Coast, you know you need to get to the West Coast and you vaguely know that you need to go in that direction. Now, how are you going to get there and whether you're going to stop somewhere? You don't know what's going to happen. And, and I, think that, I think that that is really important. I think that, you know, people, I think this is where, like, when I hear about, like, um, people say, oh, MBAs are really crap if you're doing, a, you know, they're useless for entrepreneurs and I would never hire an MBA. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think Manchester's MBA was quite different, at least for me it was. But um, um, di but some sometimes this, like, you have to do a business plan. And this is where I found, like, you know, some lecturers at odds with one another that some of the guys were like, oh, no, you don't need a business plan. Use something like the business model canvas. And others are, no, we need to see that 60-page um, um, business plan. So the first thing is, is I would say, you know, throw the business plan in the trash, have a vision and experiment your way there, right? Um, you know, keep on tweaking the model, you know, if things don't work. And this is something that I am constantly telling our team, look, we don't need to perfect things. If it doesn't work, we'll find another way to do it. If it works, now let's find what within this works, what doesn't work, let's tweak this and keep tweaking the thing until you get it working right. So that would be one thing. Yeah. I think the other the other thing is, I think a lot of personal life events over, you know, the last fifteen years, I have a very different outlook on 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 certain things. I know that um, I know that um, you know that I I was thinking about this earlier. So there's an episode of Silicon Valley. I don't know if you watch the sitcom. Um, but the, in one of these episodes, um, Richard, who's the, the protagonist of the show, 
is introducing a bunch of uh, fellow entrepreneurs and and he says uh you know um i forgot what the guy's name is but let's call him andrew and he says you know what andrew is a gay christian and everyone uh um uh, you know is aghast and and uh, and richard thinks he's you know he's just outed this gay um um entrepreneur but actually it's that he called him a christian and 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 that how religion plays no role but for me i think one of the important things has been is i think in islam there's two concepts one of sabr which is patience mm-hmm. and one of shukr which is being grateful being humble and i think that the sabr thing keeps me going right that when things are not going your way right um that you know you need to be patient you you know you don't know what's in store sometimes there are things that are completely out of your control How, and and if you spend your time worrying about it you'll drive yourself nuts now mm. it's easier said than done i do drive myself crazy i had a lot <laughs> more hair than this i think the last time we met but um <laughs> um that definitely i think there's a bit more sort of i'm trying to you know adapting those philosophies i i think you need to have something to believe in right so for me it might be it might be my religion for someone else it could be tennis for example right you find whatever makes it but you need to have that thing that helps you there needs to be that release valve somewhere um and 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 i think you know and then when we talk about shukr which is being grateful being thankful you know allah says that you know if you're grateful i'll give you more um and and that's something that i try to practice you know to be thankful uh, for what it is and look we always you know even in you know when you talk when uh, you know entrepreneurs are you know you might read a book um, uh, about someone else's life and they talk about being humble i think that that is extremely important to be grateful and humble it doesn't have to be driven by your belief in any religion to think as a human being you know um it's uh, it's a good approach to life so i think that, that that's probably uh my second one and then the third one is probably i think with the third one i would it would be it would be a toss up between being persistent being but i think that maybe falls under patience or it's having the right team right that you're not doing it on your own you have to have the right people around you you're only as good as the people um uh, you, you know idea like they say ideas are easy execution is difficult um you need to have the right team to be able to um execute if we go back to what i was saying about being thankful and humble unfortunately i find a lot of um uh founders not even just founders but managers within businesses and and things they are intimidated by team members that might be smarter than them you know they always want to be the smartest person in the room i don't really care anymore right i have an objective to fulfill and you know what if the team is if if i've got smart people on my team then great i mean that's how it's going to happen i'm i'm the uh I'm the conductor. I'm orchestrating these guys, right? I'm my job is to make sure to get the best out of them and to and to deliver and then to be grateful to them, to give them the credit for what they've done. Uh I think that these are probably because these are things that are affecting me right now. I think maybe if you asked me 6 months ago, I might have given you three different things, but these are my this is what i'm experiencing within my own company as we're growing and we're bringing more people on um and and we're trying to fix processes within the business these are the kind of things that i 
um, would advise today to anybody starting up? Mm. No, I think these are spot on. I think the whole business plan, definitely there's no, I mean, you know, there's, there's no, there's no one way to, to do the, to do business. And, and yes, they, you know, you can get some ideas and thoughts through, you know, kind of formal education, but nothing beats just executing because you really don't know, Um, you know, I, we don't know what we don't know. It's like my favorite thing. Like we don't know what, if we just accept the fact we don't know what we don't know, then we'll, it will help us be a little bit more curious and just going for experimentation versus trying to plan everything out. Um, and absolutely patience, gratitude, you know, just being humble is definitely spot on environment matters. And, and this is what I kind of want to also touch base on is when it comes to environment, it's not only just about the team members, that's one aspect, but I'm just curious, you know, because I struggle with this and and I think we we all do as, you know, as entrepreneurs, but you're not always going to be able to express certain concerns to your team members. Right. So, you know, what do you think about having, you know, a circle of people that you can just vent to basically (laughs) has it been, has it, you know, how has that been for you? And have you been able to, to create that circle? Like just, you know, your personal circle of friends or family members, how, how, um, how has that been for you? Yeah, look, I, um, friends and family are a little bit weird when it comes to this thing because they can't really understand what you're going through. Um, um, some friends might say, well, why are you doing this? Why don't you just get a nine-to-five job? <laughs> they don't understand what you're trying to achieve and stuff. I think I'm lucky in that everyone in my family is an entrepreneur or at some point has been an entrepreneur, so they all understand what the... The, the trials and tribulations of starting up and running your own companies. But I think I have been very lucky that my, my younger brother, has, who is a co-founder in the business, has always been there. So I speak to him. He's in Riyadh at the moment, um, but I speak to him every night. I will tell him all the shit that's going on. I will, you know, and we sometimes, sometimes it's just to... Uh, hear my own thoughts right and mm-hmm. and then he will and we will always reassure one another so even if it's even if you know that things are going bad but just to hear you know oh it'll be okay inshallah things will work out um it's always good to hear that and and then i think you know over over the last few years the network that i've been building people like yourself um it's you need to have people that understand can empathize with you right and that's and i think you know going back uh, you know empathy is a really powerful skill i think all entrepreneurs should have that otherwise how do you build something for a customer if you can't empathize with the customer but if you have that and and then it, and it works throughout whether whether it's your team that you're hiring if you want to understand what's going on with your team are you able to do you have empathy um and and i, I i've Within the, the sort of startup community, I, I've met a few really good people that I know that, you know, no matter what time it is, I can always call, meet and stuff. It is quite a lonely thing, though. There's not that many people you can go and vent these frustrations to. Plus, you don't want too many people to know uh, what's happening. <laughs> yeah. But you, I also think within your own team, you should have that much trust um, that you can share pretty much 99% of what's going on. Maybe not tell them that, oh, you know what, we're about to burn all our money and there's no more <laughs> runway. And I'm going to have to say masalama in a little bit. But um, yeah, um, so I, I do have, I have some very, uh, I'm grateful to have some very 
um, um, good people that I'm able to to speak to. Mm, that's great. And so let's just shift gears. And I, I want to talk to you a little bit about expense. So, you know, because that, that's something it's so something so innovative. And, and it's it's a it's a big space. It's an upcoming space. And, and it's, it's just, I just find it fascinating as a, as a as a concept on its own. But talk to me a little bit about expense. Talk, tell our audience, what does it mean um, to create something like expense? What does it do? What's the mission for it? What's the vision for it? Right. I think from uh, from the vision perspective, it, we want to build a platform that empowers entrepreneurs. So I, I am very passionate about entrepreneurship. I um, enjoy sessions like this to be able to speak to people about uh, it because I think that one of the ways that um, the you know people can uh, you know if to get out of poverty to to really do something is to set up your own business um, and and to be able to uh, one I think um, withholding knowledge uh, is a crime I think we should all share um, um, I, maybe one day I'll become a teacher um, but um, <laughs> but I but I definitely think that you we you know um, um, you know and I, I, to be able to share this knowledge and so I see expense becoming a platform where entrepreneur or anybody that wants to start a business can come to our platform they can learn from the platform they can start up their business within the platform and they can get supported so just to give you an idea like when and i'm talking about the uae now um it might be different in other parts of the world so typically you know company opens a bank account and they get an rm a relationship manager the relationship manager's job really is either to handle problems or to sell the bank's products sell um, um, uh, credit facilities and things like that. So we are going to kind of change that. And we're not going to give you an RM. We're going to give you a BM, which is going to be a business mentor. So we want to be able to help you when, um, you know, uh, you want to ask a question about um, growth or you want to ask a question about hiring, that there's someone there to support you. Um, the actual what we are what we are building today is a banking alternative so from a regulatory perspective we're not allowed to call ourselves a bank and we're not building we're not going to be a bank we're just providing banking services via a partner bank in each market and effectively what we've done is we've created a platform it's all branded for expense so you don't actually have any interaction with the underlying bank underneath we just use that bank for infrastructure um, because they're licensed entities, they're licensed to hold money, um, we deposit all the funds into there. So if you're you know, familiar with this space, you know, it's how PayPal started, they, they, it was off the back of Silicon Valley Bank, and a lot of others do that. So you, you'll hear, of, I, I think in the US, you've got things like Novo, um, Bento Box, um, um, and there's a few others, and uh, those are on the SME side, and then there you've got Chime, and you've got Dave, and, uh, and a few others that are on the retail side. And all of these guys work with what you call bin sponsors, custodian banks, to hold their funds, to give them access to the payment rails, but they provide a whole different experience. And, you know, when, um, if I go back to my first uh, company, remember when our first 
client asked us to send them an invoice. So I'm 24 years old at the time. Don't even know what an invoice is. Don't know what an invoice looks like. And I think we had like 56K dial-up modem at the time. And, you know, I was uh, you know, going on Google, trying to get a template for an invoice. So we've built that all for you. It's all in the application, in the platform. You could start today, uh, download the app and start issuing invoices. It's all branded for you. There's a payment gateway in it. Uh, there's, and we're, we're just trying to make it easier to start business. Mm -hmm. And then it said, eventually, look, most businesses will die within the first five years. And the, the number one reason for it is cash flow management, right? And I think my biggest lesson from my first business was managing cash flow. Um, I think that is one of the things my, I think towards the end, and one of the reasons why I left, uh, why I exited that business was because my, my entire day life was just around ensuring that we are always cash flow positive. I couldn't focus on growing the business. I couldn't focus on introducing new products or anything like that just ensuring we're cash flow positive. And it just got very tiring. Um, and, and so this is what we want to do with expense. We want to take a lot of that headache away of managing your finances, automating it using, you know, um, 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 cutting edge tech to, to um, remove at least three or four hours of your week of doing your expenses and all that kind of stuff. And just getting you from day one sort of um, um, banking, doing your, doing your finances properly for the business. Mm -hmm. No, that's brilliant. I think that's, um, that, that would be so helpful. I mean, just luckily I have, I have Yvonne, who is, who is my business partner, who is brilliant at these things. But otherwise, I mean, and even we, we need this, these sort of things. But I think that's, a, that's solving a real problem because that is a big like hurdle to get over as a startup, as a small business is all these things. And, and you're right. It's, uh, you know, and I think that the misconception people have is that entrepreneurs, they should have it all figured out. And we actually don't know anything. <laughs> we just know, we just know we want to solve something. We're excited about something, but we don't always know the, the actual step-by-step -step process, the, the, just the process, the structure of particular on the finance side. So, and I love it that you're building a community out of it, which is really cool. So. Exactly. And I, I think, you know, your, your question about um, where do you go, right? Yeah. That's, that's one of the elements of this. So this is why we're talking about, we, we talk about expenses. Our tagline is empowering entrepreneurs, right? It's a platform to launch and scale your business. We're, we're, not, we're not saying, hey, you know what? Uh, we used to, our tagline used to be banking entrepreneurs. And as our as our sort of vision of the product has changed and what we want to do, it is empowering entrepreneurs, right? It's empowering you to scale, launch your business. And that community becomes an essential part because I want to be, I, I, people are always scared of asking stupid questions, but actually, you know what? There's a hundred other guys out there that have the same question to ask, you know? So um, look in the UAE, like one of the, one of the issues you have is, do I set up in a free zone or do I go on the mainland? If I'm going to go in the free zone, which free zone should I go for? Mm -hmm. What type of license? And everybody has this question, right? So yep. why not create a community where I can ask these questions? Or, you know, yesterday I was asking one of my colleagues, I, you know, we want um, someone to make a little video for us. So where can we go to find these people? And, and the one side of expense will turn expense into a marketplace so that our 
users can sell services to one another. So, hey, I know that you are doing stuff in performance management and, you know, talent management. Hey, you know, you're on the platform. I can connect with you or you're looking for uh, someone that does web design and logo design. There's someone on the platform. So we also want you guys to do business with one another as well. Um, often getting that first contract and getting those reference points are some of the hardest things to do. And when mm. you get that one reference point, then it, it typically snowballs. So yeah. these are these are all, and you can see behind me, I mean, this is our road mapping and planning yeah, I and love stuff. It. And, um, um, uh, and there's so much we'd like to do. And I just, uh, I, I, you know, uh, we've got some great investors. We've got a great team. And as long as they have faith in that vision and that we're delivering it, um, inshallah, I, I hope we're, we're able to we're able to fulfill that and do much more. Yeah. No, listen, collaboration is key. And I think that's what you're going to be sort of offering through expense. And I love that part because it's uh, that's the future. I mean, I, I think the the gone are the days where we do these like silos or the big companies. I think it's really time for uh, small businesses, uh, you know, startups. I really think that collaboration in this space is going to drive a lot of the the, the future of world and, and business forward, to be honest. So I'm, I'm really optimistic about it. So I think it's the right time. It's the right platform, the right approach. So I'm really, really excited. We're definitely going to be on board with it. So Chalab. sign You'll me up. <laughs> <laughs> for sure um where can people follow you where can they find you where can they learn more and um particularly those that are based in the middle east um look, well look, i'm on linkedin um always happy to connect with people um i'm not look personally i'm not really big on social media myself and i and i have a very sort of um uh, there is a very hard line between what I do in stuff like Instagram compared to what I would do in LinkedIn. I try to keep things professional. Um, I think maybe one of the things that I need to start to do is maybe build some more content myself. So I'm really glad you invited me on this. This might be one of my first things that I can <laughs> you know, start to start to do. Um, yeah, I'm happy to connect with anyone on LinkedIn. Um, we're based in the DIFC, um, which is the heart of the financial center of the of the United Arab Emirates, um, in their their new fintech innovation hub. So, um, and I'm always, you know, anybody that wants to start a business and they just want to have a chat. I mean, if there's even one little bit that I can help them with, I would be. I'm always happy to happy to have a um, you know give advice and stuff. Um, um, or at least share my story and people can learn from, from that. Mm. I, I'm yet to do something. I need to, um, um, let's see when, when, you know, let's try to turn expense into a unicorn and we can write a book. For sure. Uh, and you know, it's interesting. You said you're like, maybe one day I'll be a teacher, but you are already a teacher, in fact. So just by, because, because of what you just said, and you, as long as I've known you, we're always like this, mentor person you're always open to have chats with people to to offer some you know some some guidance just to to be like a soundboard for others so you are a teacher just not uh, not uh, not officially but you are <laughs> in my book i don't know <laughs> so and i think you can write a hell of a book honestly i really really do um i think i think that this this conversation is just the beginning of many more that we're going to have about your journey and how it's going to turn out and i'm really really excited Inshallah. for you um and i will 
share the expense website in case any, and the social media. I know you guys have a social media for expense as well. So I'll share that. So in case people want to connect and just stay on top of the journey. And uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's sure. Thing. I mean, we, we do a lot of our, um, I think the, in terms of like, if people want to connect with expense, um, most of the stuff is on Instagram. Um, um, we are working on our community page right now. So I think in the, in the upcoming, uh, couple of months that we're going to sort of boost the, um, online presence of expense and start to create that community. So at the moment we run a community in Bahrain and a WhatsApp group. Um, but we want to formalize that. And I think the community, just as much as we want to give to, to our users, we actually want to take a lot back from them as well. So we, we have made a lot of assumptions and you know, we were talking about experiments and you talk about lean methodology and stuff. So we, we made our initial assumptions when we're building our product and we have our product roadmap. I think what we want to see as we, um, um, uh, you know, as we start to onboard customers and uh, launch officially in the market, that the, the development is customer led. So we need to get that the voice of the customer needs to be ingrained within the within the um, company, not just simply us saying, hey, you know what, we think that this will be good. I think because we're building a product for entrepreneurs and um my CTO, my 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 um, my other co-founders have all been entrepreneurs, and it doesn't matter whether you know they started in the UK or they started in Lithuania or Saudi Arabia. Um, we all face the same problems, right? It's it's the, the the problems are the same across the market. We we mm -hmm. we we face the same things. So um, at least we have this much confidence in the product that we're building that. It, you know, they are the right things for entrepreneurs. And then uh, um, I think probably, you know, within the next few months, we will really start letting the community decide, you know, what products, what features should be built next. Are there things on our roadmap that um, um, uh, or are there things missing from our roadmap? So we really want the customer to drive the, the development of them. Of the thing, and we're we're working on some things where maybe there'll be some ownership for the first few customers. But let's see how that um, how that goes. Nice. Well, I wish you the best of luck. I'm looking forward to watching this journey and uh, yeah, just seeing how it will unravel. Super exciting, cool. and I love your setup. I love the setup, and this is like uh, th this is this is what uh, what we aim for, right? Is to have like I love this whole space behind you. <laughs> yeah, well, look, you can you can have a look. This is yeah, our our office here. It's um, so basically at the moment we are um, we are kind of we're taking a flexible approach to work. So um, Thursdays is actually um, everyone works from home. Nice. Um, so I came in. Uh, um, I came in today, um, but we're doing so we we in uh, sort of March, we started transitioning back from working from home to coming back to the office. We said, OK, we'll do a day a week and then we moved up to two days a week. We're going to try to do three days. Um, um, the majority of the team are vaccinated. So then and, and you know what you're if you actually we're in this like hub and there's just like fintech after fintech over here yeah. and i think we're probably the only ones that are um um practicing this most of them are 
full every day. So we've we've really I, I think all credit to the to the UAE government on how they managed the, the whole pandemic, uh, or at least within the United Arab Emirates, that we're back to normal, right? I mean, you can go to the cinema, you can go to a bar, you can go to a club, you can go to a restaurant, you know. Um, yes, we have to wear masks, but you know, majority of the population is now vaccinated and we're mm -hmm. back to normal. And I, you know, as much as as much as you know, we we've um, I think Microsoft with Teams did a fantastic job to let <laughs> us work across the world. You know, uh, Elena, we we have grown from five people at the beginning of the pandemic, and we're at thirty. And of those people that have been hired, I have only met three of them in person. Oh, wow! Right, everyone's been interviewed online. Um, and and we've got guys in Moscow, we've got people in in um, Belarus, in Kiev, in Karachi, in Delhi, um, and we've never met them before. Yeah. So, uh, but 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 to be able to collaborate with the team in person. So not all of our team is here today, unfortunately. Mm. Um, we're in Dubai. We're only seven. Um, the rest of the team is kind of dotted around the world. And, and I can't wait till the day that we all meet in one place. But mm. just having brainstorming sessions together, it's so much more productive Absolutely. in person than there's, you know, and we get fatigued, right? I mean, you, you, you have team meeting after team meet, Zoom as well, and whatever else it might be. It just gets, you know, there's a point where it's enough. And, and then you don't know, like if you're, if you've got, 10 people in the meeting are are they all switched on or is this person on mute and actually doing something else so yeah um, you never know nothing beats that face to face and just having that whiteboard in front of you and just like putting down ideas and thoughts and sharing uh, i mean that that it, you know the physical presence of somebody is it, it really has an impact for sure for sure i'm definitely excited to to also be back in dubai and and to be able to get together with my team as well and to be able to do things like that um, yeah. You know, the final part is that, uh, uh, I don't know if you said, but Google recently, they released um, kind of like an alternative, the next level of Zoom. So it's not Zoom, but it's like a glass. So it's like basically like imagine if there's just we're sitting kind of with there's a glass in front of us and we can see each other. So it's not Zoom, but it's like almost as if you're there in person. It's a 3D visual of somebody. And apparently they've been developing this for a couple of years now. Uh, but now they're finally kind of coming out with it. I just read it a couple of days ago about it. So I'm really interesting, interested to see how, if that makes a difference, because I think this whole virtual world is definitely going to stick around and it's going to grow and it's going to make it even more interpersonal. You know, nothing beats, nothing, nothing beats physical yet, but maybe it will. Maybe something else like this Google thing I might actually. I, I, I mean, know. look. I think for for you know since the human race has started, it has always been very physical. I don't, uh, mm. uh, look, I'm not predicting. I don't. Pred I can't predict what happens in the future. But look, um, when it, when you know, research modern research says you know that when a baby is born, that within within we're talking about seconds or minutes of the baby being born, that you need to have that skin to skin contact, right? Mm -hmm. um, because that's the way that we are, um, for some people, the way we're created or for others, the way we're evolved, right? So yeah. it depends on your school of thought. <laughs> but, right, so that's what, that's what modern day science is teaching us. We, as creatures, we crave uh, that contact. So, mm -hmm. uh, I, yes, I think that there will be 
flexible ways of working. I think there will be different ways that we interact with one another, but nothing, I, I think nothing will replace that human contact. Now, in the interesting thing, like in what we're building right now, we're trying to remove human contact from banking, right? And we still, we, I think in, in when, when you look at um, the, the, the current generation and the next generation of people, they have a phobia of speaking on the phone, right? They'd rather text and things like that. Yeah. So I still think that there's an element that will require, I remember speaking to a lady last year about expense and uh, having an interview and she's probably, what, in her 30s or something. And she just said, I could never trust anyone with my money if I never met them, if there mm -hmm. wasn't a place that I could go to. Whereas, and I was quite shocked hearing it from her, generation right but i could imagine my father's generation saying that but i wouldn't imagine uh, uh millennials and gen z or whatever um so i think in certain areas we can remove it but nothing replaces uh brainstorming in person with your colleagues or for now let's yeah, see absolutely. what these these um virtual sort of um holographic things might, uh, well, how that see. might change things. Yeah. Yep. Listen, people were against the iPhone and now we're, or, you know, just the smartphone, let's say whichever one you use, if it's Android or iPhone, but it's, um, I mean, now we're just, we're, you, it's like normal, normal life, right? Like we can't live without it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm curious. I'm curious to see how it all turns out. Um, but there's, there, there is something to be said about the benefit of technology, but then having that community, having that, support human support is definitely i mean it, it has to stay it has to stay i don't know in what capacity but it has to stay because you're absolutely yeah. right it's innate in us to have yeah. human interactions I mean, our our long-term vision of how we will <clears throat> handle that i mean we're, we're working on something which will there will be a physical element within expense it will not be a branch but we're, we're working on something. I want to keep it under wraps until okay. we actually do it. But um, uh, we will still have, if, if people require a physical human element, it will be there. And we actually think that the experience that we're looking to provide on that uh, physical, the human element side of it will be a radical departure from your what we experience today within within financial services and we think that it could actually be the way that um um will be great for customer acquisition and retention mm, that's good that's amazing well looking forward to that as well <laughs> curious what you have in store um uh, listen thank you so much for taking the time uh, i know it's the end of the week enjoy your weekend thanks for taking the time and sharing your story you. with us and <clears throat> we look forward to seeing you soon yeah, inshallah. Well, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for having me. Um, great to catch up as always. And, always. Uh, you know, uh, it was great to be able to, to, to share a little bit of my experience. And um, um, I hope, you know, you know, people will gain some benefit from it. So thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely.